Hello and welcome to the final episode of season six of Rusted Junk. This Hello. is it. What? Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> you join in if you want. Anybody yeah. else? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's nice to see you. You're hardly ever here. Nice to see you. Did uh, um, Amanda have a nip? <laughs> did I have a what? A nip. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That sounds well, a bit rude. Yeah, a drinky poo. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. No, not yet. Should... Well, I was about to make some crass comments. So, okay. Well, we're leaving this in. It's fine. Everyone, you're still along for it. It's the season finale. Woo-hoo! So, we had to do something special for season finale. It couldn't be like Bloodsport 2 or or uh, Grease 2. I did threaten that. The Don't. Entire... We're not I did. ever. Point. No. Um, what, what it was going to be um, was Cannibal Run 2. Until I watched it, and I couldn't inflict that upon any of you or the the audience. Well, I think Joe watched it first. Yeah, that's what sucks when you do your homework early because sometimes the homework assignment changes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's poor though, isn't it? Yeah, it's not very good. It's poor. It's (laughs) just yeah. I want to know know one out of ten film. I I do. we should do that one. It might not have been kind of full run to. It might not have been time for that, but we've got to do a terrible film at some point. We've got to. I we did do I, one, Prancer. Oh, we did, yeah. That's terrific. I did actually say to, to Amanda, we've got the choice. We could do another film and then the season finale, Back to the Future 2. And she said, what do you have in mind if it's not Cannibal Run 2? And I said, Jaws of Revenge. And no. she went, let's close the season. It's too Jaws heavy. Let's way. close the season. That- oh, do you like my mug, by the way? Oh, very yeah, nice. Yeah, that that's my mic. Cool. You I haven't announced the film. Yeah, I haven't yet because we're too, too busy prattling on about waving hello and stuff. Anyway, hi, listeners. <laughs> right, this is this is definitely the film is Back to the Future 2, the 1989 sequel to what is possibly, and we'll get to that, the greatest 80s film of all time. I would say one of the greatest. Well, well, that's yeah, we can we can get that debate. Uh, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Tom Wilson. Everybody's back uh, except the original Jennifer. Here's the trailer. Do you remember the future? Check this out, Doc. Look what happened oh. to your son. <laughs> He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking, Bob. Kayla! <laughs> Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. And try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented a time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. 
It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat left, slackers! Biff? Hello? Hey. Hello, anybody home? Why they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. Well, like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future. Gotta get back in time. Part 2. Okay, I like that. You don't hear it being said, but it's about time. Yeah. Um, just some I, context on this. Giddy. I was giddy to watch this film. I couldn't wait for this film to be released. I was like, this is every single Christmas coming into one. And as soon as you saw that trailer, you went, I have, have, have to see this. Hour one, minute one, hour one, day one. I have to see it. How long was it after the first one that they released this? Four years. Four years? Ah, but to be fair, you get you get two for one. You get the sequel the next year. So you get number three the year after. So I, I was 15 when this... Was and let me guess. 15. You, you never went to the cinema to see it. 17. Hmm. So you'd waited since you were 13. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had plenty to get on with. I was wearing out my copy. <laughs> really? Wearing out my copy of Jaws and well, okay, all right, smutty. Okay, I know where that. I know where that's going. Sure, it was your copy of Jaws and not copy of Razzle or something. Razzle the movie. No. Well, do you know what? For all our listeners outside of the UK under a certain age, um, won't have a clue what Razzle is. It's like Google it. It's like Playboy, but with no stories. It's just pictures. <laughs> yeah. Razzle's trademark was the Razzle stack, which is just about the most uh, grim thing you can you can see. So tell, it, tell me more, Dom. I don't know about the stack. <laughs> I've never well, seen it myself. So take yourself your safe settings, switch them off, and then Google Razzle stack because that's what it's famous <laughs> for. It's um, <laughs> don't um, do it now. No, <laughs> goodness me, no. Don't do it on a work device either. And no children listening to this pod do it either. It'll warp your tiny minds. <laughs> I'm really intrigued now. Well, it's, oh, it's, it's more than it's more than what was it called? Ooh La La magazine, which featured in this film. <laughs> oh yeah, Ooh La La, yeah. Yeah, it was a French one, wasn't it? Because it was uh, priced in francs. And they're all dressed. They're all dressed strangely. That's a uh, stranger. Yeah, well, well, Maybe Razzle that was is, the La La. Razzle is Ooh La La, as designed by truck drivers in the north of England. I think that's the kind of target market that they're, that they're going for. <laughs> Excellent. Well, anyway, that's the explicit rating uh, achieved in the first two minutes, Charlie. So that's, there we go. How are you related X-rated magazines to Future 2? That's amazing. <laughs> well, you were the one that brought it all the way back to Ooh La La. It's Charlie, it's your, it's your teenage years. Where, where else were we going to go apart from... <laughs> 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 Teenage boys, yeah, from the age of 13 to 17. What would they be doing? Who knows, hey? But anyway, on my spinning disc of who's going to go first, uh, do you know what, I, Amanda? I don't think you've been. Go, I don't think you've been first. 
Or have you? Have we have we actually tried to second guess it and then hope hope to end on a on a high because you've gone so low? I can't remember. Do you know what? I'm gonna throw it, I'm gonna throw it out Joe. Joe, you're gonna go first. Oh, you want? Are you sure you don't want a minute ago? Oh, okay. no, Joe, you go first. <laughs> okay. So I, I kind of have a feeling I'm gonna have the lowest score here. Oh. Oh. No, I I think it's a very well written film. You know, especially the whole changes of the timeline and all that. I think that that's fascinating that these people must have spent so much time coming up with all this stuff. I'm always impressed every time I watch it, you know, where I'll catch something that I might have missed previously. And it's so weird to watch this movie without watching the first one first. But we had to for this podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when I saw it, my issue with it was just was so much darker than the first one and that includes the setting too a lot of it took place at night it did yeah um but it's still it's it's just a a very well well very well written movie very well acted um there's some weak spots i think that i guess we can go over later but um i would give it an eight out of ten Oh, I thought God. you were going low. Oh, for a moment there, well, I was like thinking it's going to go five. Well, I'm sure someone's going to give it a ten or a nine or something like that, and an eight is probably the lowest out of those numbers. Um, oh, okay. I, I did want to say too. I, I it reminded me this time for the first time of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay, right. Oh, oh, themes we'll get into. Wow. Um, Amanda, then let's go. Let's do it. All right. Um, I was really looking forward to this. And then I got bored. <sighs> I know. Yeah. Even I was like, why are you getting bored with this movie? You've seen it loads and yeah. really enjoyed it. I don't know if it was the mood I was in or what. I don't know. But I got bored. Um, what did you say to yourself? W- what's the matter, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, things annoyed me in it. What the inconsistencies? I mean, there's some. There were some inconsistencies. I mean, we we were talking about them sort of a little bit in the film. But I think the greatest one for me is Doc keeps saying "Great Scott" a lot, which is so annoying. Uh, I don't get sorry, that one. Sorry, can, can I just tell you tell you where you are? You're on an '80s podcast. With with a film that's been been well known, I know, and that's and his that, trademark. It was overused. That's his trademark. But it was overused. <sighs> it was. So that annoyed me. Uh... It was Scott, Joe, Joe. Do you know what? Don't be worried about your score. I think it's about to be broken. Mm. I did. I did, uh, and I chuckled in the trailer that we just watched as well. Michael J. Fox as his daughter. I, I quite like that. Um but for me, yeah, I guess I guess it was trying to be something. It succeeded. And I think the whole timeline thing was was clever how it was done. But you, you had to keep up with it. If you weren't keeping up with it, you you were a little bit lost, I think. So um you had to pay attention. <laughs> 
Um, That's why it's good yeah. when you can talk to yourself because you have two people that can follow the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm unfortunately going lower than Joe. Mm-mm. I'm giving it a seven. <laughs> what? Seven. Sorry. That's, that's still a that's still a good score in my book. Right, Dom, help me out. Come on, man. Let's let's bring it back up together. Well, I, I thought it's a it's a fun film. I found it enjoyable. Okay, that doesn't st- that doesn't sound like a good start. It's a fun I, I film. Think, I think it's it's right. That that is not me damning it with faint praise. It's enjoyable. It's fun. It, it's pacey. It's but I also think it is innovative it's creative the way they do it you know it's the only sequel that i think we've watched that i've watched which is kind of partly set in its own first film that that's well done and i do like the timelines and the complexity around that i think you know it works really well and for a mainstream blockbuster i think it's actually a a cut above in, in that respect but i think it is it is flawed um but it feels a bit churlish to to be critical of a film when it does try so hard and it takes some risks and uh, you know, it's trying to put a smile on the face of its audience. I think it, it gets a load of goodwill in the bank. And the first film is so great and is so heavily referenced throughout that that, you know, also I think helps um, keep the score ticking over. I think the bits I enjoyed the least were the the new bits that, that don't make reference. So, you know, when it's in 2015 and, and we'll, we'll get into all that later on when we discuss the the film. I, I think one thing I'd like also like to discuss later is whether or not two and three should have been separate films and whether they should have been combined. You know, would that have tipped it into into higher scoring territory? But for me, as a standalone film, Back to the Future Two, I have also scored it a seven. Ooh. I got the highest score. Oh god. No. <laughs> I think I might change my score. No, don't. You can't. You're not allowed. I think uh. no. You can't. Don't join the seven club. I just want to say, you guys need to watch this again. You need to see Charlie's face as Dom is speaking. It looks like somebody told him there is no Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that why you were chuckling? (laughs) I was watching Charlie's face throughout the whole time. Well, you could just see his face like slinked to disappointment. Oh, wait, 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 right? Okay, so his composure. Let's hear. Let's hear. In all fairness, I did love. Back to the Future, the first one. Which is the question I was going to ask. So what would we give Back to the Future? I'll go first, ten. Nine and a half. My goodness. Tell me where you're taking that half mark off. But anyway, okay. Dom? The dog, I I don't know. I I think it would be a ten, yeah. It's one of my favourite 80s films, yeah. Oh, Joe's going to go nine. No, I'd say nine and a half too. um, (sighs) uh, Where would I take it Hang on, that's his highest score so far. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like giving out tens. Um... Uh, gave Joker a ten. Yeah, th- it's very rare. But anyway, yeah, I, I it, it's not. I love that film. That's all I'm going to say. It's much better than this one. And I think even at the time, people when this came out, it's tough to you had to compare it to the first one. I think what a big problem with this film is they kept repeating a lot of the stuff that was in the first film, but they had to, you know. So it was a victim yeah. of the success of the first film. Um. It's almost like I think some people feel felt a little ripped off because it's like, well, we've already seen this movie. It's like, why are we watching it again? But the cool parts is getting to see Marty interact, you know, stuff that we never saw in the first film. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can't go back to the first film and look for Marty. 
you know, the Marty number two, because he doesn't exist, but it's just so brilliantly written, I think, that the way that they did it. But it does suffer from the fact that the story is being retold. Like, we've already seen mm -hmm. that story. Go on, Charles. Come on. Yeah, let's hear from you. Well, I was going to give it a nine. But Don't I'm like, leave. do you know what? Do you know what? Screw it. I'm giving it a 10 just to offset your scores. No, I'm not. I can't give it a 10 because it is flawed. So when you said that you were going low, I was like thinking Joe's going to be a five. Dom's going to be a nine. Uh, man, you're going to be a Joe nine. Why would give it five? Because it's Joe. I mean, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I've listened to you so many, so many times in your podcast. I sometimes try to second guess you. I invariably get it wrong. So there's no apology needed because it is my mistake. Um, however, you, you're talking about you're talking about a, a sequel that 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 has to hit the right notes and just put it in a different setting. When he wakes up in 1955, Back to the Future, he hears his mum's voice. Great. You're going to hear the same thing with when his mum is older. The familiarity is off the scale. The plot has problems. There are mm. particular problems with the time travel aspect of it. I know that I went when I went to see it. Uh, this was at uh, it was a college outing uh, where we went, uh, had a few drinks beforehand, and then went to see it. Um, and we were just giddy and just walked out of there. I thought it was fantastic. Apart from one of our friends, George. Um, came out and was trying to get back into the pub and trying to explain it all. And we're like, J George, don't bother. We just enjoy it. Yes, but you do realise that if Biff, if Biff came back and... No, it doesn't matter, George. Just enjoy it. We just had a good time. Do you know what? We're going to go see it again in a couple of days. It's fine. We're going to go again. Great. George was right. Because when you look back at the film, the things that really irked him, that he really wanted to get off his chest stand more than now I know we'll get into it the thing that bugs me the most is Biff coming back from 1955 having given himself the sports almanac why hasn't that changed why hasn't the Hill Valley changed into the hell hole because uh, it's been changed by Biff Tannen and his success nope everything's still the same even though he's come back and he doesn't exist in the deleted scene in this film um, old Biff disappears like Marty would have done in the, the photo from number one uh, as you see you just see him you know getting old and breaking off his stick in the car there are things like that that that, that annoy me now because they don't make any sense I'm sure we'll get to some others but it's what you want from a sequel the callbacks are there as you said Dom the new stuff's there all the things that you want to see. Oh, what will it look like? All of these things that we're used to. What will it look like updated? Well, here you go. There's your, you've got power laces. You've got self-drying jackets. You've got the weather channel. You've got all of this sort of stuff. And you're just thinking, wow. And we'll talk about how much of that stuff comes true um, later on. So yeah, it's uh, a nine from me. It isn't the 10 that Joe probably went, I was going to give, but nine, eight, seven, seven. Wow. Feels like the Godfather. I never thought it'd be you, Dom. <laughs> I, I knew it was me being disappointed. I knew it. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, it's a it's an integrity figure. I think we've already, you know, when we were talking about favourite films of the eighties, I think I already 
declared my intent with with aliens i think if i had to choose one it'd be that yeah. but you know back to the future goonies et that these would all be in, in that top five i think and um i just think that Back to the Future 2 is a slight, well, seven out of ten still very respectable. Um, between three, if we're reviewing three, and I'm sure we'll talk about the, the third part of the trilogy later on, I'd, I think I'd score that higher, uh, not having watched it for a few years. But um, yeah, yeah, it's great. I think it's, that's great. See, I, equally, I'd give that. I wouldn't give that ten. I'd give that nine because mm-hmm. it's it's good. It's very good fun. Um, like I like I remember the reviews over here when it came out. And even the the people that had seen it, yeah, a lot of people liked it and everything. But again, it has so much to live up to from the first movie because people just they weren't expecting that to be a hit, and it was because number one, Michael J. Fox was a television star. It's hard for a television star to break into theatrical ones uh, movies, but um, you know, a lot of the reviews said that let's hope the third one is better. You know, and. When the third one came out, everybody did say, well, the third one is much better. But as time goes on, I I think that this definitely has grown on me, the second one. You know, like the best way to watch it is just watch them maybe one after the other, you know, in three days or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and particularly two and three, I think, as well. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get into this now or later, but I I do assert that the best way to respect the original back to the future would have been to have combined two and three into a longer film and to i think there is because two is a fairly short film and there is some padding i think there are some bits where they could have trimmed it you know amalgamated it with the third one perhaps it would have just been too complicated in terms of the the plot lines and the time travel interdependencies and things but um i'd have been that interested to watch somebody make an attempt to edit that together anyway like a definitive fan cut yeah absolutely um, I think we temporarily lost uh, Amanda, but oh, it's a shame actually. So we're going to go into to roll call. Joe, if I do roll call, are you going to do your like roll call thing again? Because it helps me edit the thing. That'd roll be really call. useful. Great. Let's leave it at that. Roll call. So, Michael J. Fox films. Do we have do we have favourites outside of Back to the, the the Back to the Future universe? Oh, she's back. Hey, she's back. Just in time. Roll call. You, you okay there? I'm back. Sorry, I had a coughing fit. I've got another cold. Oh, okay. Must be the Back to the Future mug. So, Amanda, um, question for you then. Favourite non-Back to the Future Michael J. Fox film? <laughs> I've got a problem with favourite... Because I don't really know many. <laughs> okay, <laughs> any any Michael J. Fox. Yeah, maybe. let's go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, which was shot first, wasn't it? And then they piggybacked off the back of back, off the the back of it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? But he wasn't in anything else, was he? Well, that's a good point. Actually, he, he was. And we'll get. Was into it that. a lot of TV it's, stuff? Wasn't he? It's, oh, wow! It's a lot slimmer pickings than you'd imagine actually and obviously a big chunk of that's down to his uh, unfortunate illness but um yeah. but yeah he's, he's not you know he's to say he's a well-known celebrity and a well-known actor actually his filmography is pretty thin i think you really mm. think so i think it's i, I know some, some absolute right. belters in there here's my he, controversial shout then and we'll get on to her later but i think um he's not the biggest movie star in this film oof. i've said it yeah 
In so terms Chris, of Christopher Lloyd, then, well, no, no, no. What's not. the definition of big? Elizabeth Shue. If you look at her filmography, we'll we'll get onto it. Um, I think she's been in bigger parts in bigger movies than Michael J. Fox. There, credibilities on the table. Five minutes into roll call. Wow. Okay. Uh, Joe. Who is that, Elizabeth Shue? Oh, God bless you, Jennifer. Cocktail? Girl, girl cocktail? We'll get to it. Cocktail. He, he's oh. mostly known oh, yeah. still for family ties over here. Yeah. And it, and Back to the Future. It's like, it, it's kind of like, which one is the the better one for him? But I, I've always thought of him as, as Alex from Family Ties. He was so good in that role. Um, just amazing. Just, just like, it's rare... I don't know. For me, anyway, I always looked forward to every episode that was coming out because he was brilliant. Just loved him. Yeah, he was. Um, I didn't realize how big it was because it wasn't that big over here at all, really, was it? I mean, you might remember it, Charlie, because you're a devotee of all things American in the 80s. But in researching this, I see what he won the Emmy three years on the trot, 86, 87, and 88 for Family Wow, times. I didn't know that. And the Golden Globe as well. So, that, I mean, that's pretty... So it must be like him and Bruce Willis must be the most prime examples of people who've made it from TV into film. And as Joe says, that's no, that's no easy feat really. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh, well, my recommend, I mean, I have two from this list, two hot recommendations. He then went on to make the secret of my success mm. with, um, Helen Slater. Um, is I, I love that film. I genuinely love that film. I would put that up there. Very, very high score really really good they then tried to make him more gritty with bright lights big city um where he played a coke addicted um office worker who was getting himself into trouble um didn't work didn't you know didn't work at all uh they then tried again with casualties of war with sean penn that's quite harrowing um that film i remember that one yeah, yeah. that's my favorite non back to the yeah, future yeah Casualties of War. If I had to pick, that'd be mine. Because everyone, I mean, I know it deals deals with very difficult subjects, but he still comes across as Martin McFly in Vietnam. It, it's just, yeah. you know, it's a bit like a Hugh Grant film. Hugh Grant plays Hugh Grant whenever he in every film he's in. But <laughs> I did like the <laughs> like himself Bill Murray. Hmm? Bit like Bill Murray. What yeah. a little? Uh, yeah, yeah. He plays himself all the time. Yeah, we we love him for it. We had um, that conversation before, and you're like, "No, he doesn't." I'm like, yeah, he "No, does. I don't." But, but with Michael J. Fox, I mean, when you look at him, he doesn't grow a beard. He doesn't like get a different hairstyle. He's always the same looking guy, you know. Like he could be Alex Keaton in Casualties of War, you know, or Bright Lights, Big City, or in Back to the Future. It's just so bizarre that like he never played a role where he had a, a mustache and a beard or, or anything like that. It, it's just he. I don't know. He, he, you do see him as Michael J. Fox. It's hard to see him as the actual character. Well, Maybe he was, can't actually grow any well, facial. Well, could, could, could I then offer the fact that he then goes on to make The Hard Way, which I think is one of my it, one of my top three films that he's in with James Woods. So uh, for those that don't know, Michael J. Fox plays somebody, you know, like a, a Harrison Ford-style character playing an Indiana Jones star character and he wants to do something gritty. He wants to win an Oscar. He wants to win something better. So he wants to play a cop. So he, he wants to go undercover with James Woods, who's already on a case. 
Um, I've never heard James Woods swear so much in a film, which is always a pleasure because I love James Woods to, to, to pieces. Um, but he sends himself up as the Holly, the prima donna Hollywood star that's pampered and stuff, and it's just amazing. I love the hard way. Um, I'm halfway through watching him in a romantic comedy, Doc Hollywood. Does anyone remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. never really seen it, though. Yeah, not not bad. Not bad at all. He went from there, then did The American President, Michael Douglas, The Frighteners, which has a cult following, mm. Mars Attacks, he was the voice of Stuart Little, one, two, and three. He then went into Spin City. Um, Spin City was very good. Spin City was very, very good. Very good. Um, he had his own show towards the you know, about 10 years ago, the Michael J. Fox show. Obviously, you know, with his condition at the moment, that's so much harder for him to do that. But he's a great ambassador. And the one thing I'd probably say from his appearances, his appearance on Kirby Enthusiasm did a lot to highlight yeah. what his, his particular illness. Because, you know, Larry David, you know, saying he's making it all up and, and all this sort of stuff. And it's just a, it's just a great episode. But it suddenly puts it front and centre without going, we have to we have to make this front and centre. It just does it so subtly that it's 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 hard hitting um, in that sense. So yeah. and it shows that, you know, he can kind of laugh at himself and yeah. not, you know, like because a lot of. I think actors in that condition, you know, might have said, it's like, well, you can't even touch something like that because it's just offensive, not only to me, but to other people that have it. But, you know, good for him for doing what he did. Yeah. So, so look, if there's like a consensus around him being a great ambassador for Parkinson's and a, and a good egg, I think, I think there is. If it's not in bad taste, I guess my question is, what, what do we think? What do we think his film career would have, would have been if it wasn't for the, um, for the fact that he was unable to, Act. You know, we're, we're on the spectrum of kind of 80 stars from Tom Cruise on one end to Steve Guttenberg on the other, would he have been? Because, you know, there, there is definitely some truth in the fact that he was a bit one-dimensional, I think, um, in some of his casting choices. Uh, Do you know direct- what? <clears throat> I'd compare him, excuse me a minute, <clears throat> to Jason Bateman. Uh, in Jason of- Bateman, you are correct, because Jason Bateman tried to be him. Oh really? Yeah, with silver spoons, he, you know, that's when Jason Bateman came about, and he was trying to be kind of like an Alex Keaton kind of character, except he was a little bit like Eddie Haskell from Leave It to Beaver. But um, yeah, I think he kind of mimicked, you know, uh, you know, um, Michael J. Fox. He was in T. Wolf too, wasn't he? Oh, was he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So with his sort of TV career, really. Uh, Jason's career. Um, what's the name of the series he's been on Netflix? Uh, Arrested Development, Ozark. Ozark. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would have seen um, Michael J. Fox play something very similar. Actually, if it wasn't, if, if it wasn't Jason Bateman, it might have been him. You can see him in Office Christmas Party, which has uh, suddenly become one of our favourite things to watch. I, I love Day. that film. Yeah, it's very, good. it's very. Uh, it's such good fun. It is good fun. Anyway, we must we must move on. But yeah. well, I just want to say one thing. I think that would happen if uh, that didn't hit him that that disease. There would be a Back to the Future four. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's not? Sure did, oh, excuse the pun. Do you not think it ran out of steam? Oof, look at that. Seem, uh, what did that? Money. That money talks. Second, I'm surprised they haven't rebooted it. Oh with God! A different cast. I probably will. Well, yeah. indeed. Um, 
We might have lost Dom, I think. He's frozen. Yeah, he's we frozen. Have. In pensive thought there. Oh, oh next week. Yay, Dom's back. <laughs> That'd have been so great if that picture yeah. would have stayed up the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, are you on or linking or something? No, Wi Fi uh, just dropped. If I. Okay. Listeners oh, don't need to know about that. Got your message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're still we're still here. You, you look, look like the like the the, the ultimate you, you, thinker. You were like that. <laughs> you look pensive. My pretentious pose. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christopher right, so Lloyd. Who else was in the film? Christopher then? Lloyd. Is he Doc? Yeah. Right. So you say Christopher Lloyd and uh, not Back to the Future. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Taxi. Uh, yeah. yeah, taxi. Um, I know which film Dom's going to promote. That he's well, it's, it's one of my deeply loved films, bit niche, but I have mentioned it on this pod before, which is Clue. Um, if we do a special round one time and all get to pick one, I think that's going to be my my choice. Well, it's funny you say that because season season seven is all about Lucky Dip. It's we might call it Vendor's Choice, we might call it whatever, but yeah, you you will get your chance. Okay, well, clue, and I'll get my chance to see it for the first time in about 35 years or Professor Plumbing Clue that, that's my standout role but he's been in some great films hasn't he um, One for the Cuckoo's Nest yeah, yeah. yeah he's, but small parts in, in brilliant films Adam's Adam's Family I think is a very good commercial film I, I liked it anyway well last week I watched Dream the, the Dream Team uh, with Christopher Lloyd oh what, what about this so for a cast the four of them um, all uh, in a mental institution and they all go for a day out and the person who's looking after them gets shot um, and they're all on their own in the city. Oh my God, what's this um, film? The Dream Team. I've You're never Christopher, heard of it. Christopher Lloyd, Michael Keaton, Stephen First and is it Peter Boyle? Is everybody? Yes. It's Peter Boyle. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is a, a schizophrenic who thinks he's a doctor. Um, Michael Keaton has anger issues. Uh, Peter Boyle thinks he's Jesus. It's... You know, it might sound like one of those films that you go, well, it'll never get made today. It wouldn't get made today, what which is why I'm that happy made? that it has been made. <laughs> 1980... Uh, oh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 1989. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say 1990. So the okay. same year as Back to the Future 3. Yeah, I think. Roughly. It's brilliant. I mean, everyone's great in it. But I, I might have spoiled it for you because for the first... 10 minutes of the film you think Christopher Lloyd is the doctor at the hospital but yeah and then you find out but anyway I'm not going to spoil the rest of it uh, all I can say is that if you're a fan of Ray Charles there is a scene in it which every time I go back to Austin Street is usually referenced by my friend, good friend Alex every single time uh, I'm going to say Buckaroo Banzai he's the Klingon bad guy in Star Trek 3 yeah, I was um, see that. he's the ultimate bad guy in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, crikey, if you don't have oh nightmares God, after yes. that, then uh, yeah, something wrong there. But yeah, that's you know what what's I amazing think. about him though is like when I first saw him in Taxi, and he was a huge hit when he came on to join the cast. Like I think it was like in the middle of seasons. I thought he was so crazy that I thought that's how he was in real life. I had not seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest yet. And I just thought that that's the type of personality he was and that he couldn't branch out and do anything else. But there's an episode I, I know in Taxi where it shows how he became the gym that he was 
but he was someone that actually he went to either Yale or Harvard. He was a genius, you know, and uh, he was against the taking of drugs. And then his girlfriend convinced him to take drugs, and then he went crazy. But it showed just how much range this guy actually has, um, and it, it's very impressive. And I, I'm so glad that he was cast as Doc. Because we, you, Charlie, Charlie, and I went over it when we I was were doing say, the special podcast. We did. There were so many other people that could have been doc and thank god we got the one that we got well we did come up with a, a an alternate which we both agreed on after a long discussion uh john cusack as martin mcfly mm. and gene wilder as doc brown yeah well for, for me christopher lloyd every time yeah. And yeah i know but you know if you're playing fantasy gene wilder can you imagine gene what gene wilder would have been a brilliant at that role but he's willy wonka oh yeah well you know Christopher Lloyd's reverend in taxi, you know, people can change. Mm. Um anyway, on onward to the the lovely the lovely, quite lovely Leah Thompson. Um big Leah Thompson fan. Um uh, acting, of course. Uh but where did she start? What was her first film? Can I run everyone? In unison, her first film. Amanda, we covered it right at the very start. Jaws oh. 3. Was that? I was gonna... Yes, <laughs> was her first film. And didn't get eaten by the shark. Surprisingly, in Jaws 3, the one thing that we didn't talk about is not many people got eaten in the second part in the later half. Leah Thompson got brushed. She fell into the water and the shark brushed her leg and it basically grazed their leg. Scarred for life. Scarred for life. Anyway, uh, she's also in Red Dawn, Wolverines, uh, Back to the Future, the, the wonderfully, delightfully absurd space camp um i like space camp i like space camp right but for those that don't know space camp they basically are kids having a tour around the shuttle and somebody presses the button and launches the shuttle into space so they have to work out how to get home in a space shuttle yeah don't expect a lot of insightful (laughs) wonderfully technical schematics and, and stuff like that it's just press a button and they come home spoiler alert um of course, Howard the Duck, or Howard a New Breed of Hero. Of course, she's wonderful in that, um, especially at the end. Uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, which we've covered again on the podcast, as well as Howard the Duck. Uh, a film called Casual Sex. She then starred in her own series, Caroline in the City. Uh, she was in a film called For the People. She was in the Muppets film. Uh, she's apparently plays a doctor. You're going to have to help me out here because I think it's a trash show that I would never watch. Uh, Star Trek Picard played a doctor in one of the episodes Um, had her own series which I'm trying to find and I can't find anywhere separated at birth Um, and is in this new show that came out last week Joe that I told told you to watch and it's dreadful but she's Mm. good in it it's about it but I'm going to say something that might disappoint you Um, she's kind of like James Spader I know you're a big fan of him and uh, who's the other too one? Too much, Joe. Too much on one podcast. But go on. And uh, who's that other one that was a mannequin? Um, oh, Andrew McCarthy. In... Yeah, you put Andrew McCarthy and James Spader in the same in the same sentence. I think I know well, what I'm trying. Yeah, go on, what Joe. Get it, get it off your chest, and I'll back you up. Don't, don't, don't start forming allegiances. Here. It, nobody really knew who they were, and you could put Leah Thompson Thompson in that category too. 
You know? You are joking. I, I am serious. It's she like stars no in the biggest film of the 80s, and people go, I don't know who you're talking about. That's basically all they knew her from, but I'm sure that if you, they asked, well, who played the mother in Back to the Future, no one would be able to tell you. I would say most people over here wouldn't be able to tell you. Good Lord. Generic. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just 80s, 80s movie filler. Well, one of my eighties crushes. So there. I tend, I tend to agree with you, Dom. Actually. Oh God! Let's look at, look at you. Look at the three of you tonight. I mean, yeah, hang your heads in shame on some of the things that have been said so far. And we're not even past roll call yet. We're not. Are we? No. Up? Right. The truth okay. hurts. Tom Wilson. Right. Easy. Biff. Just a lot of voiceover stuff. Let's move on. He's got a very got animated back. face. Who else has got? Who else has got anything else apart from? Well, I thought when we got onto him on roll call, I'd have a rich uh, contribution to make here. And it was only when I was doing the research that I realised I was getting him mixed up with Clancy Brown uh, from <laughs> yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Right. I, I okay. thought it was the same actor. So I thought, oh, Shawshank Redemption, Starship Troopers, two amazing films. But yeah, you're right. Tom Wilson, who's the actual person, <laughs> nothing really, is he? Stuff, as we call it. it. It's almost like any 80s, any old 80s actor that's 30 to 40, they were in Miami Vice. In Miami Vice, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Hardcastle and McCormick, The Love Boat. Yeah, stuff. They were just to change. If you're ever doing your swapping around of stars, Clancy Brown could deputise for Tom Wilson um, easily by virtue of the fact that they're almost identical. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I don't see that. Um, oh, good God, somebody agreed with me. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, well. I was going to say, though, but what's weird about Tom Wilson, though, he he somehow in ways makes that movie. You know his performance as Biff. Mm. You know throughout the whole three movies, he's very very good. I don't understand why he didn't go on to have a career. You know it's like you kind of wonder why didn't somebody say this guy? Why doesn't he have Tom Hanks' career? Tom Hanks was very similar to him. He was a comedian. You know that could I guess at times do drama. Mm. It's just bizarre because he. I think he's excellent in this movie, in all the movies. I'll take Tom Wilson over Tom Hanks, but anyway. Um, Elizabeth Shue. Yes, yes, I'm going to say it, everybody. The the Karate Kid. Fine. I know, an old perennial favourite. But... Adventures in Babysitting. Adventures in Babysitting, with Thor. Um, The first iteration of Thor. Um, Cocktail. Cocktail's wonderful. Can Can we at least agree... Let's have a let's have a truce. Ceasefire. Cocktail is delightfully entertaining. It's all right. Good film. Yeah. I um, didn't like the suicide part though. Well, all right, okay. Spoiler alert for those who haven't watched it. But then you have had what 30, 35 years to watch it. So. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. No spoilers then. Uh, she was in soap dish. Um, it, I thought Dom at this point was going to raise her. Yeah, yeah, well, like, Oscar, Oscar Bantz. Playing for the theme music to, to kick oh, in. But Oscar Bantz, Oscar Bantz. Yeah, yeah, so she's the only one that I could find that's been nominated for the Oscars, 1996 Academy Awards, where she was uh, an unsuccessful category of Best Sporting Actress for Leaving Las Vegas. Who did she um, lose to? Well, here's, it's, it's, some, it's, it's a bit of a funny one, actually. Some strong nominees she was up against, so... It was Emma Thompson for Sense and Sensibility, Meryl Streep, um, Versatility is Meryl Streep for The Bridges of Madison County, Sharon Stone for Casino, 
Uh, and then none of those won. The actual winner was uh, Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. But uh, I can't believe Meryl Streep and Emma Thompson didn't win it, seeing as they had like a... a you know, and it was supporting actress? Yeah, these are all supporting actresses. Yeah. Why didn't why wasn't uh, Susan Sarandon nominated for Best Actress? Because she was the only woman in that movie. Hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, it was supported. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. So anyway, tough, tough year, and somehow Susan Sarandon uh, won it. I'd have given it to Elizabeth Shue to be honest. Of course, out of that would. list. Well, and you you would have given her a ten too. <laughs> ten to what, Joe? Um, Anyway, The Saint, Val Kilmer, uh, Hollow Man, what? Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I was going to say Val Kilmer was in Back to the Future too. No, The Saint. <laughs> no, no, I, but now oh, I, I get you. Oh, Joe's in playful joshing mode. No, no, it wasn't joshing. I was serious. It was like, why is he mentioning Val Kilmer in The because Saint? Val Kilmer was The Saint. Uh, well, I didn't know you were off of Kevin our... Bacon, Hollow Man. Very good. I enjoyed that, and more, more recently, The Boys. Uh, she's yeah. in um, only for season two but still CSI uh, for a number of years when it was very in its in its prime most successful years which one? Yeah. CSI you know before oh, okay. CSI um, there were all the spin-offs yeah the original CSI which I had a bit of a soft spot for to be honest um, but uh, she's very good in that I don't know we talk about this here but she really wasn't needed in this movie right well well, a, a part was criminally written there, wasn't it? I mean, we'll, we'll get on to it, I'm sure. But, but the only reason they're... she's in that, kind of a little bit of trivia now, is <laughs> if they, they didn't intend to make a sequel. Because if they did, the, the, Robert Zemeckis said, I would never have put her in the car because she's totally superfluous to, to the story. Well, she spent most of it asleep. Oh, yeah. Yes, must be the easiest money she's ever earned this film because yeah. the, the, the whole mm. her character is designed to get out of the way as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. They could have anyway. easily recon that by just like him saying, it's like, well, if I push this button, it'll transport her down to back to present day Hill Valley or whatever it's called. How does that work? It's like a jetpack jet time machine. There were, there were a few things like that, though. And we'll get on to the guy who played the dad that didn't return. And so they made him the person that replaced him, you know, hover upside yes. down and just these absurdities and things. I, I thought they could have dealt with a few of the tricky cards they were dealt uh, more effectively to mm. us. And, and I think I'd like to talk about that particular thing after when we finish Roll Call, but let's rattle through the rest of it. James right. Tolkien, uh, Principal Strickland uh, in this one. Um, most famous for anybody? For the other film? Oh, uh, Top Gun? Top Gun. Yeah, you two characters are going the Top Gun. Um, uh, he was also in Masters of the Universe which uh, I unfortunately started watching and then realised how dreadful, dreadful that film truly is. Uh, and he's also in Dick Tracy. Uh, Casey Samasco, one of the original guys in Biff's Gang. Again, he's back as in Biff's Gang in the future. Uh, he was Billy in Stand By Me. Uh, he played uh, uh, the guy getting picked on in Three O'Clock High. Which I know you and I, Joe, you and I, Dom, uh, kind of like because we heard the review from the other movie podcast, and Three O'clock oh, yeah. High got really, really highly rated, and it's a good film. Um, he was in Bloxy Blues with Matthew Broderick. He was also in The Phantom, which uh, another uh, the the next person was in, and NYPD Blue. Moving on, we've got Billy Zane, 
who then became famous between Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. And so it was odd to see somebody that was like a getting on his way to being a proper movie star playing a very much a back role as one of Biff's gang. Billy Zane, Dead Calm, uh, with I think his might be his best film, uh, where Nicole Kidman and her husband pick up lone person on the uh, in their yacht uh, with, a, with a story to tell. Uh, no Memphis Bell, Memphis Bell, with Eric Stoltz. See, I managed to get it in there. Oh, Eric Stoltz. Can't talk back to the future and not have a little bit of Eric. He's Stoltz another one. He's in that category. With he's not uh, in that. He's not. Don't be silly, Joe. <laughs> He can't uh, act. Uh, he was Twin Peaks, the uh, Tombstone. He was the Phantom in the film. He was in Titanic. Uh, it all went downhill after Titanic. He played himself in Zoolander 2 and appeared in The Boys for a couple of episodes. That's I liked him it. in Titanic, and I liked him in Tombstone. I thought he was good in that. Uh, brief, um, brief cameos from Elijah Wood and Samuel Jackson as well, uh, before they were well-established. Well, obviously, Elijah Wood was just a kid, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Who was Samuel Jackson? Wasn't he the um, guy uh, when Marty teleported into the future and he had a baseball bat and he, was, he teleported into his daughter's bedroom and he kicked them out of the house? It wasn't him. Wasn't it him? No. Yeah, I didn't Probably think it was that. him. Are you going to say it's Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go over that. Elijah Wood, though. I've got, I've got that to cling to. Elijah Wood, yeah. Uh, Deep Impact, Lord of the Rings, obviously Green Street. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. And then lastly, um, Mary Ellen Trainer. Anybody? Who was she in the movie? Uh, she was one of the police officers. Oh, those pick, police officers are pretty hot. Yeah. Um, well, you're going to kick yourself when I tell you. You might just you might just have known it from her voice. No. She's Gail Weathers from Die Hard. The uh, reporter... She's also the psychiatrist in the Lethal Weapon films, all four of them. Um, yeah, I'm not going to kick myself for those. And she was also in Forrest Gump, again, the most overrated film of the 90s, possibly of all time. Um, and, but that's the end of Roll Call. We're uh, just never going to be able to review a Tom Hanks film, are we? They're, they're just, they can. I, just I, I may just pick Bachelor Party, which I think is incredible. Tom, um, Hanks, Tom Hanks is uh, Charlie's George Clooney for me. <laughs> Or Emilio Estevez, or basically a lot of people that you don't like. Charlie Sheen. I don't know the list <laughs> yeah. is the list is long and uh, distinguished. Well, Emilio Estevez is universally hated, though. So, well, I don't... for it's those that, just for me. those that like men at work, strong comments there. Strong. It's, it's, the generalizations the are just being thrown around. Joe's taking the heat off me now. Thank God. <laughs> so, yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> I somebody's now going to say. Uh, the person that we did miss, who is in this film, Crispin Glover, who is in this film but isn't in this film. And does, so, does somebody want to take it from the top? Because I don't think Amanda knows his story. Yeah, so I mean, I I will mention it again. I I didn't go back and look into it, but I remember when this stuff was going on. He had a problem with the ending in Back to the Future One because he felt that it glorified money and success and that it was a bad message to the audience. And what's funny now is that this guy was born a century too early or a, a couple of decades too early, because if he complained about this stuff now, he would be looked at as a hero by most of the directors. But it pissed off uh, Robert Zemeckis and said, look, 
thanks for your input, but I don't need your input. But he really was pushing for the ending to change. And then uh, was he, he was basically let go, right? No, he, the then, he then said he wanted to be paid as equally as it was in the first film. And they offered him far less. Um, and then said, yeah, well, then we're going to write you out then. Write you out the film. Um, and then replace you. So they did. They got another actor in. Uh, Jeffrey, I think somebody or other. Um, look at us with our massive research. Uh, that's why you see George McFly upside down. Because it's just oh, somebody that's right. playing him. We got a mask on there too, right? It, 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 that was that was the weakest part of the whole film. I thought. I agree. The McFly family house in twenty twenty five. And and the blatant I, the blatant back shots of the actor that's replacing him, especially when, you know, uh, towards the end when Marty sees Biff knock out sorry uh, George knock out Biff, and then you see him carrying off Lorraine from the back. That's not Crispin Clover. I mean, it doesn't even it look like the same build. It doesn't look like the same person. And you're like thinking, I can see what you're trying to do. What happened was he settled out of court. He took them to court and said, you're using my likeness. Um, you are taking my character and you are trying to superimpose my character onto somebody else. And he won. He won $768,000 from the makers of Back to the Future um, and changed contracts forever so it meant that any contract going forward if somebody has played a character they have uh rights for that character not to suddenly be i mean it's fine if you get somebody else to play them you know uh through for, for whatever reason but you can't just go yeah it's the same actor but it isn't so we just turn them upside down and shoot them from the back and stuff so it did change um hollywood for for the for the better We've got digital technology now, deep fakes. We don't need actors. Well, we don't need, need roads either. He became kind of blacklisted, though, after that stuff with Back to the Future. He really didn't do too much. He did Charlie's Angels, one and two. I mean, one He's and two. He's very good in that. I mean, you know, he was in Beowulf, which I, I liked him as Grendel. And uh, he was in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing, though, is that he could have had much bigger career. He was kind of like a little bit like Ezra Miller, I would say. Just he was a, a loose cannon where I'm sure I'm pretty sure he experimented with a lot of drugs. Like he went on. Did, did you guys familiar with uh, David Letterman? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he went on David Letterman's show and he was high as a kite and he just was acting very weird. And you could see it on YouTube. They have that video where he. Uh, he goes behind the desk and he wants to show David Letterman his, his kicks and he almost kicks him in the face like he misses by inches and so David Letterman uh, David Letterman banned him from the show for life after that um, it's it's very bizarre and his, his whole career just went downhill after I guess Back to the Future and I mean it seemed like Back to the Future was the start of his career and then it just ended because of all of the problems that he had. I mean, I can understand the money thing, but I still would have done it. You know, uh, Zemeckis was wrong because, yeah, it. Dom is right. It, it does. It could have been so much better if they would have written the father figure in a little bit more into the plot. But they, their hands were tied since they couldn't do it. 
Um, yeah. it's, it's it's just unfortunate that mm-hmm. they couldn't work things out. And speaking of the, the the families, where was we have Grandpa Biff and Grandson Biff? Where was Biff Senior? Biff Mid Biff Biff doesn't make an appearance anywhere. Just skip straight to <laughs> straight to Young Biff. Again, minor annoyances. Should we get to the film anyway? Thank you yeah. for explaining yeah. that, Joe. Appreciate it. Except they got it wrong. Are we doing minor annoyances now? Yeah, I think most people know this film. I mean, we don't have to go through it. Obviously, he travels back. He travels because there's a problem. Turns out his son's a bit of a wimp. Um, It's not very confident. The reason why is because Doc lies at the start of the film. Doc lies at the start of the film. He's some sort of of social inadequate, isn't he? Who's... um, Lecturing up when we first encounter him, he's leering at women on the street. Um, he's more oh, than I wouldn't say leering, he's just looking around and he's a bit all over the place. Doc lies at the start of Back to the Future, the end of Back to the Future, and the start of this film. What is it? Do we turn out to be assholes or something? No, 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 you're fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Uh, well, turns out in the future, they are. He's got a pretty poor job. Um, I don't think. Uh, Jennifer has a job. Um, everything seems to be busting the house that they can't have got the money to fix anything. So I think Doc lies in order to just get get them in and say you got to do something with your kids. It, it's uh, a I weird. Th- oh, sorry, go on, Joe. But, uh, no, you go down. Sorry. Well, I was just a quick comment. I, I I know we're skipping over it, but I thought the start of the film was really strong. Actually, in less than sixty seconds, you're into it. Uh, you know, you've got the Spielberg uh, logo on the screen. You're straight into seeing uh, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd again, and then bang, you're straight into it. And I, I like that. It hits the ground running, and and the pace, you know, for all its ups and downs, the pace is pretty relentless throughout it. I thought. Mm. What I had a what stood out for me, which I thought was a weird addition to the plot, was that they kept pushing that Marty was didn't like to be called chicken you know because yeah. that was never approached at all in the first movie and it's almost like they threw that in there and it it always kind of bothers me because it's just because it carries over to the third one too yeah. you know but it's like it's almost like well we got to do something you know so let's just say that he's always had a, a nerve for being called a chicken which is kind of stupid i thought which the crux of his downfall, isn't it? It is, but but again, like we, we that was never addressed in the first movie that uh, he had this. Uh, I don't know if you would call him arrogance or or whatever that he always had to stand up if somebody. Uh, it, it is a it's a huge character flaw for sure. Well, yeah, it is, and it's a plot device, isn't it? You know, they get him to do things out of character three or four times by just using that chicken reference, and also. Mm. There's a couple of other examples where he gets out of a sticky situation by saying, what's that? And people whip round and he, he runs off. The first time it kind of, you get away with it, but they do it at least twice in the film. And, you know, maybe it's tongue in cheek, maybe they're cheeky enough to get away with it. But yeah, the, the writing is sometimes is a little bit uh, repetitive and predictable, I think. Yeah. I did notice that uh, in the diner, when he orders uh, like a Pepsi and like the, what I didn't understand was why why there were televisions interacting with people I just thought that was a bit weird because normally it would have been touch screen wouldn't it anyway uh, well we still don't have power laces I mean after all this time but um well, no it was an 80s but, diner though 
So they were trying to make it as 80s as possible. So we didn't have touchscreen back in the 80s. Oh, okay. Well, it's got Michael Jackson on it. Uh, but he'd he'd have in 2015 he'd have died in 2009. No, but that was the old Michael Jackson, yeah. and it was like a computer-generated version of him. I do Come wonder. Max Headroom version. Right. Did Michael yeah. Jackson do the voice? Uh, for that, or was it just somebody else doing it? Somebody else, I believe, on? yeah. I love that diner. That diner is pretty cool. It's so sad what Universal Studios has become, you know, because that used to be like one of the, the highlight rides, the Back to the Future ride. They could have built like an 80s diner like that. People would have loved that. Um, mm. When I went out to Florida, I went on that ride seven times in total. And yeah. bought an early pass to get into Universal just so that I can ride it as many times. And then the fourth, the time I came out, the fourth one, the queue had built up, which meant wow. that's fine. I can go on something else now. I, I, I think that's the best. No, it's it, gone. It's been oh. replaced um, by the Simpsons ride. Um, you know, for, for whatever reason. But this was a huge monument. It was a huge science block that you queued and you were entertained while you queued and then when you went into that it is without so far it's the greatest ride I've ever been on because it just it was just it had everything and it was so well thought out and while you were watching the ride it's a bit like if you looked that way and that way you'd see DeLoreans everywhere because the screen was curved but you thought when you were in there it's just you it's you chasing Biff and the other DeLorean going back to prehistoric times, going back, getting eaten by a Tyrannosaurus. I, lo- I, I, I miss that, and I'm glad I went on it as many times as I did. Mm. Well, again, you know, it's I, this is going, well, I, I do kind of cover theme parks, but yeah, when Universal first came out, it was Universal Movies, Jaws, like you would know for sure. And um, what were the other Universal movies? It was Twister Universal? Unit Twister was, King Kong, Earthquake. Yeah, and, and now they got rid of all of that. You know, like they have Transformers, which I think is Paramount. They have Harry Potter, which is Warner Brothers. And people miss that. Like, you, would, I think people would love to go on the Joys ride again. Yeah. You know, and Back to the Future. Uh, it's just, I don't understand their direction, although they're making a lot of money off of Harry Potter. So I guess they're happy. I had a dream four years ago where I reimagined the Jaws ride. I know we're getting off slightly, but... I woke up and drew it, um, what what it what it would look like, and that would be amazing. I, may, I will tell you that another time. But okay. I, re- I redesigned it, and it's better. It's far better. <laughs> Joyce lives for Charlie's sake. No, that's Martin Luther King. Now, now Charlie has a dream. <laughs> Once every four years, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Speaking uh, of that, Jaws nineteen. This time, it's really, really, really personal. But the shark still looks fake. No. <laughs> Very good. See, that I wouldn't have made sense. It, just because that number's too high. They'd have wow. to... I feel like they'd have to release two Jaws films in a year. Have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer? What? For Jaws 19? No. <laughs> there is a trailer. They made oh, there it. is. Oh, okay. it's delightful. I might, do you know what? I might start actually putting some of these things that we talk about. I'll put links in the bottom of the You should. I think that's a good yeah, idea. I will do. Yeah, we'll do. Um, minor annoyance. Doc goes all the way to 2015 and spends time mapping out Marty's life. Now, presumably, 
he just goes to 2415 and doesn't talk to Marty, grown up Marty, doesn't talk to him at all. Because Marty's not even aware of his existence. He, yeah, he would know him for sure. Would he? Because then, then he would go, do you know what? Is there any chance we can nip in the DeLorean and change that car crash that happened that I have at the end of three? Yeah, because uh, my hand think got that. busted up, and so mm. I think that they never they, they never spoke, which makes it even more odd that Doc fixates on the family enough to come back to Marty to go. Do you know what? You need to come and fix all this. I'd be going. Why are you concerned about my kids? You creep. There's a bit. There's a bit <laughs> weird, isn't it? You don't speak to Marty, but you you are looking looking at what happens. It's all a bit, it's all a bit strange. I think. Another well, I would say, sorry, Amanda, go ahead. Oh, another annoyance for me is it seems to be a cashless society. How did he pay for his Pepsi and the almanac? Good question. Fingerprint, which oh no, wouldn't be the same. No, they. Well, Marty could have had money um, when he bought the almanac. Maybe, maybe they assumed uh, that he was uh, his grandson oh. or his kid. Uh, Doc opens up the briefcase and gives him money for clothes. Y- yeah, oh. that's right. Yeah. Oh no! Does um, he do that? He does that in nineteen fifty-five. Does he give him money? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't give him anything in the future. That's right. Yeah, he had the clothes in that little yeah. contraption. Um, but but again, stuff like that, it's weird. Now that you bring it up, yeah, it does it is, a, is an annoyance. And probably when I watch it again, like ten years from now, you know, it'll like go, yeah, why did they do that? That didn't make any sense. But I am so enthralled into the whole time travel thing that I'm only focusing on that, and that's why mm-hmm. the movie's enjoyable. Yeah. But but I would these, say, are, these are good things to, to you know, to discuss. And talk yeah, no, about, it is. For sure. Don't take anything away from the enjoyability. One thing that they weren't too far off time-wise was the uh, flying drone cameras. Mm. Yeah. That but no hoverboard. The news but no hoverboard. It, it's always sad, like when you you know, like a movie like Blade Runner, which is, I, I think it might have been. Was two thousand? It could have been two thousand sixteen or two thousand nineteen, where we never got there, you know. And it's the same thing with Back to the Future. Like we don't have fl- hover cars or flying cars, uh, and you got to ask yourself why. Well, there'd be a lot of accidents, I'm sure, uh, and that'd be a really painful death, I think, if you had to die in a in a you know flying car crash. Yeah. Um, we, now we've got potholes and blackouts. Like, oh, great. <laughs> Nobody, uh, but they missed uh, the significance of the iPhone. I think that that changed a lot uh, for for our history anyway, that we have instant access to the Internet, which we never thought that we'd have. You could do so many things with your phone that you barely use it as a phone now. Mm. Yeah. I, I think of all the time periods that are uh, evoked in this film, though, the one that appeals to me most is the 50s. I think they make it look beautiful. Um, you know, the 50s looks like a really compelling place to be. The small town America, it looks... looks mm-hmm. like, that's where I'd visit if I uh, if I had the, the opportunity. Um, it looks uncomplicated. 
Yeah, and, and I'm sure it's entirely false as well. You know, there's, uh, um, there's, you know, but but it's a kind of a reimagining of the '50s. I think it's brilliant. The soundtrack's amazing as well. Every time they drop in there, it's like Mr. Sandman, all these incredible songs from the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. That, that's um, every every time they go back to that era, that puts a big smile on my face, and, and I think that's my favourite part of the of the film. 50s man. I did feel a bit cheated actually at the end because it wasn't a proper end. It's like, oh, like the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I felt this was a bit of a holding movie. It had a it bit got of... you excited that you had to buy a ticket for Back to the Future Part 3 next year. Exactly. Yeah. It felt like it was a holding movie and almost like a pre-trailer for the third one. But this is an annoyance for... They should have never included all that footage for Part 3 at the end. What, you know, we should have been su- We should have been surprised. You know, when we saw that movie, yeah, we would have seen a trailer, but I think that it was wrong for them to show so much. I mean, they even show you when I looked at it, you know, the other night while I was watching it, mm-hmm. they show you Marty back at the end of the movie, like yes. when he's back to present day, which is bizarre. Yeah. You know, um, I just thought that that was too much. I, I wouldn't have included the trailer. Teaser trailer would have been more appropriate, but by this time they've just got a wheelbarrow full of cash, haven't they? You know, the, the first film was so outrageously kind of successful critically and um, mm. commercially that they could afford to do what they did here and turn it into two films and you know trail the third film so explicitly at the end of this one. It, it is a little bit cynical, but it, it does it with a sense of humour. I think it's like the product placement that's all the way through the film. You know, Nike and Pizza Hut and uh, Calvin Klein absolutely blatant but in a way that's quite tongue-in-cheek and therefore i think just about gets away with it and um you know the nike shoes that we've talked about earlier as well so i mean it's a commercial animal and and that really was hollywood in the 1980s hollywood in any era perhaps but in the 80s Mm. yeah i I think we did it in a fun engaging way nowadays it's all a bit more po-faced and takes itself a bit too seriously doesn't it but but back then it was it was explicitly uh we're here to make even more money out of you. Not as explicit oh. as Superman 2, is it? Oh. Anyway. <laughs> well, just don't, don't, don't attack Superman just recovered. 2. Yeah. I listened to him explain it on the podcast about how I'd give, given it... How about somebody? He didn't say who it was. Somebody had given it a four. Or a two. It, a two. Yeah, he didn't... He and didn't uh, and he I'm didn't still not sure you. who did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a man. You guys can remain silent. Me? Yes. I oh, don't know. yeah. He was, he was. I vexed. gave it a four. Uh oh. The Uh-oh. culprit is. <laughs> I gave it a five. Uh, uh, I think it was lowest. Four. That's <laughs> yeah, I think it was Don. Oh, Don. Oh. Oh, well. Real, real genius, Superman 2. Oh, yeah. I'll agree with real genius with right whoa, there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Real genius is like maybe a one. Real yeah. genius is exactly what I said it was. It's an eight. So that's it's exactly not an eight. What it is. Real genius is not yes. an eight. Yes, you that didn't do sucks. it. You didn't come on. It was just me and Dom. It was you said that you give it. Uh, you said you kind of liked it when you saw it. Me? Is only my no, second. No, not you. I, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't have the confidence to give it the what it richly deserved. So I kind of got a two or a three. Yeah. Right. We're gonna move. We're gonna move on to trivia time sooner than. I just want right, one last annoyance that I have is who the hell is Doc to tell Marty not to use that book to make a profit in the present yeah. day? But that annoyed me. The future, isn't it, if he starts earning loads of money? That's my whole dream, you know? I mean, so many times <laughs> I think pissed. about that. 
Oh yeah, like I, I kind of like if I have a time machine, and I can go back in the past and buy all these stocks like Apple, you know, and I would do all that. You know, it's not like would I'd you say, though, oh, would you? yes, I would. But you know what I'd be afraid of is that something by me having that book that something would change Apple where it would not be profitable. You know,、mm-hmm. like. Just one change, like in the future, might have affected something that happened in the past. I don't know how time travel works, but it's possible. You'd have to do it in a way that it wasn't obvious you were investing. I would do like what Biff did. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to do one. I'm going to play the the horse races and see what happens. You know, and if I'm successful, I'll keep doing it. You know. Oh, and again, I. I But the thing、really、is.、Talk- If you kept winning, they might not have taken your bets because they'll say no, I'm not taking your bet. Well, you can get other people to bet for you, or you can find other ways around it. I think, especially in this country, you know.、Um, I did want to say one thing that we didn't mention is like Biff was basically like Donald Trump in this movie. He was based upon Donald Trump. Yeah, was he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people can say what they want about Donald Trump. He was a cultural icon, you know. Uh, when you think about it, that he was so well known back then that they based the character that Biff was on him, and then he became president. It's just bizarre his life, you know.、Mm. Uh, and I, I just I, I kind of laughed at that whole thing because you know Trump was Trump had casinos. He he made a lot through real estate, and that's another thing with Biff. It's like why would you stay there? You know, if you had all that money. I would have gone to so many different places, you know, and I would not have stayed in my hometown and become a jerk to everyone that lived there, you know, and, and make it. Well, it's a bit hypocritical of Doc because in Back to the Future, if you remember, he says, "Oh, th- it would be great to know the past because I'd know who win the next twenty-five World Series." Did he say that? Yeah, really, really, Doc. So you don't. So you have your own standards that you you'd nick the book, but you've had some sort of moral epiphany. And yet, you're now enforcing it on Marty, who just wants to make a few, couple of bucks on the side. And that's、saying. another thing that Marty could have made a ton of money on, because he knew who was going to win the World Series that the Cubs were going to win when they played in 2015 against the.、Uh, well, I think they they said it's Miami, but it would have been the Florida Marlins. You know, although they're both National Leagues, it would have never happened. But he would have made a ton of money, you know, because he knew that. But if if he's too busy turning the country to. To dust, I was about to say to SH, it's it turning the country to dust. Then surely it affects sports results. He's because he's changed the past. Something that's like a butterfly, you know, causing a、mm. tornado in China. It's something's something's going to change because he's changed society. He's changed the way he goes out with Marilyn Monroe, for example.、Yeah. Does that have any effect on something? Because somebody doesn't do something over here, and then somebody, and you know. Well, it's kind of like his book doesn't work. The mafia would have would have whacked him, way back in the seventies, and nicked nick the book because they would have tortured him and gone, "How do you know all this th- stuff that's going to happen?" And yeah, he wouldn't have lived past seventy three, seventy four. Well, spo- spoiler alert! You know, don't dwell on the consistencies of the timeline, which is obviously the whole premise of the film. Clearly, but yeah, it's a load of nonsense because, as you correctly say, one small change can change the entire future, let alone. All the pantomime、um, yeah, slapstick that they barely get away with, yeah. And why wouldn't you get the book if you're Marty? Why wouldn't you get the book and then go,、uh, right, quick, quick, quick? Yeah. The, so it's the Steelers,、uh, the LA Raiders. The, right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Fine. 
you would just read a little bit. I mean, I've got the book here. I think so, Joe's yeah, writing yeah. on YouTube. I've got it just up here. Oh, just rip a page out of it. Yeah, whack, whack Doc on the nose, someone to mind his own business, and then go and live the life that you are yeah, <laughs> richest man in the world. What, nick the time machine and leave him in the with himself in Well, the weird thing is, like, with Back to the Future 3, they go back even further. So surely they're disrupting the, t- the timeline from way back there. Well, yeah, because the, the woman that was supposed to die, Mary Steenburgen, who's supposed to die, who would have known if her death... Yeah. Clara Look, Clayton, as Dom says, it? Clara Clayton, as Dom says, if you delve into this too much, you start going, start being George from, uh, from when we saw Why it. did that happen? That should have happened, and yeah. Yeah, anyway. and what, why did why did Biff marry Jennifer? I mean, of all the people he could have married, I would not have married Jennifer. And why did Jennifer marry him? Well, she had no choice. She was strong armed into it. Oh, I forget what was the strong arm thing. I forgot, and I watched it well, yesterday. The the implied thing is, I killed your she was husband. A single mother. I killed your husband, so I'll kill you if you don't marry me. And the children are all dependent on on him as well, aren't they? They've all got their own issues. And uh, God, yeah. wait a minute, we're turning this film into something really, really dark. I know you said it was dark at the well, start, but just just on the mother though. Yeah, yeah, again for the second film in a row, we get some weird undertone between Marty and his mother, don't we? Um, this one not quite as bad as the first film, but she's got that enormous rack that he can't take his eyes off. No, that but it looks weird though. That they don't look like they don't look like boobs. They it it's. That's Even I was idea. looking at it thinking, that's just not right. That's not formed right. Well, I'd have to ask Marty about that. He was staring at them closely and intently for uh, for a good five minutes, wasn't he? His own mother's... Uh, yeah, so... But mm. you're so big. <laughs> yeah, it feels, like, it planes, feels like planes, trains and automobiles, Dom. But what would you... What Do you know what would make me happy? Um, another pair of hands and an extra set of balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that film! That, I do yeah. not. How can I not with my balls? My top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> anyway, right. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> oh, that's genius, genius. Um, I was about to say we should cover that, but we have. Um, right. What's next then? Let's go to trivia time because there might yeah, be some stuff I'm in there. Getting on now, babes. Come All on. right, okay. okay. Right. I always overrun and end up paying more for my hosting on my podcast. Well, Last time on. it was you were overran by one minute. So, you know, you need to pay $6 more. I'm like, oh, great, cheers. No way, really? Yeah. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> sprout. Uh, according to Michael J. Fox, he found out there was going to... Uh, he found out there was going to be a sequel to Back to the Future when he watched the VHS version and the words to be continued were added at the end. Don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, me too. That sounds like a crock and pot. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, to commemorate the release of a 30th anniversary Back to the Future trilogy Blu-ray, which I have downstairs, a short movie called Back to the Future, Doc Brown Saves the World, was filmed with Christopher Lloyd reprising the role of Doc Brown. In the movie, Doc tapes a video message explaining that he travelled to the 2040s in a rebuilt DeLorean and discovered that inventions such as the hoverboard and dehydrated food will cause people to become massively overweight. Even worse, a simultaneous glitch in which every nuclear misdiffusion device on the planet would cause a nuclear holocaust that decimates the world's population. He subsequently travels back in time and successfully prevents 
those devices from ever being invented, thus explaining why the future 2015, as seen in this movie, didn't come true in reality. I had that, seen that. It, I thought that was dumb. It is dumb because it doesn't make any sense. You, your D, your the Mister Fusion device is the thing that gets you to the the future in the first place. So, um, on another note, Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale, makers of the film, have admitted on the DVD commentary that they were originally not interested in doing the sequel, and the open ending of the first movie was simply meant as a final joke. However, when plans for a sequel were made by the studio, chose to be involved and even extend it to two sequels. Zemeckis has claimed, as I said, if he was going to make a sequel, he wouldn't have made Je- put Jennifer in the car. Uh, since the movie would concentrate, there was nothing to do. That's why she's knocked out early on, in that sense. Um, the When Hill Valley was created for Back to the Future in 1985, they built the town in the pristine 1955 condition, shot the middle of the movie, then damaged it, for the 1985 town and shot the beginning and end of the movie. When they decided to shoot Back to the Future 2, they went back to the set and had to clean it up and restore it to the same condition it was in 1955. And oh. it, cost, it cost more to rebuild than it than it cost to build it from scratch. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to come off because I'm reading this. Um, the clouds at the start. Come on, trivia fans. Don't That's let me down. Good. That's a good point. Do we know where that that footage comes from? I don't know, but it was annoying. No, you've got the credits rolling over this this rolling clouds of things, something travelling through the crowds. Do you know where the footage came from? Joe, I think you do know. I'm going to guess Superman. Is that that no? No, No, I don't know, but I was thinking of Amanda during that time because I was saying how much better this would have been if we saw scenes from Back to the Future Part 1. Oh, yeah, she doesn't like montages. Yeah, long oh, montages. Um, anyway, yeah, no. You didn't like the Superman two part. No. Oh, I loved that. I loved that stuff. Eight minutes, Joe. Eight minutes. Oh, you see, you'd rather watch Clouds. Well, it was okay, but it was a bit like the, It wasn't even like it was a continual thing. It was just clips of clouds that were kind of mm. very not very well knitted together. So it just well, made me feel a bit dizzy. The clouds were from the legendary 1982 Clint Eastwood film Firefox. Never heard of it. Oh, oh my God. It's going to be one of my choices in Rookie Dip there. Um, I, I've seen it, but I haven't seen Firefox in so long that I I don't recall. You know, I, I didn't put that together, but I can see that. I, you can almost hear the music. Da, 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 da. Oh, amazing. Um. The September the 8th, 2011, the Parkinson's Research Foundation announced that 1,500 pairs of the futuristic uh, Nike shoes based on the sneakers worn by Michael J. Fox would be auctioned off on eBay. The first pair sold to rapper Tiny Temper for the winning bid of $37,500 for the limited edition. Well, they're probably worth like loads more now. Probably like a good investment. Um, an annoyance for you that I, uh, Amanda, when you were watching the film, um, the reverse 99 image in the sky mm. is not intended to represent a mathematical figure that designated the number of years travelled in time. It's merely the pair of flaming spiral trails the DeLorean's wheel made as it spun it rapidly to 88 miles an hour after being hit by lightning. That's it. Sorry. There's no ulterior thing in that. 
Well, uh, like a big controversy in 2015 was they were selling the Pepsi from 2015, and uh, they had a limited stock of what they were going to sell, and most people bought it and were selling it on eBay. So it was like you were paying like ridiculous amounts to to get one of those Pepsis. It was it was a really big fail campaign. Oh, it's like it's a, a prime, like, what's the the prime the, drink uh, at the drink moment. At the minute, Prime. What's, what's that? Prime. Oh, well, oh, I know. Oh, Dom. Dom, that's you worth about 300 quid. Don't open it. What is that one? Prime. My, uh, my youngest daughter was so, uh, went on about it so long, I finally cracked and, uh, and got it for her. Yeah, so this is uh, what a bunch of YouTubers are, have been promoting, and it's been been a massive success i think from what i can gather but yeah massive success of people uh, being conned buying something that would cost 19p in morrison's probably the same <laughs> stuff paying like five quid a, a bottle for it it's mental and selling it for 300 and they're dealing it in like school playgrounds and stuff it's like drugs essentially but it's energy drink uh close your ears dom but i have to quote michael douglas uh gordon gecko in wall street a fool in their a fool in their money are lucky enough to get together in the first place. Anyway, greed is good. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, another one. I think it's good. So the gang that are chasing him uh, to, uh, over the water uh, on the hoverboards. Mm. Um, uh, Cheryl Wheeler Duncan. She was the stunt double for the girl Darlene Vogel, who was mm. playing the was injured during the film of the hoverboard sequence when, due to a technical mishap, instead of flying through the fake glass in the courthouse. She careered into the concrete pillar and then dropped 30 feet onto the concrete below. Oh, my God. Did she However, break her back? they didn't reshoot the scene, and you can clearly see her hitting the pillar and falling to the ground in the final film. So if you want to go back, yes. Oh, my God. Did she really hurt herself? It doesn't say. Sorry, it feels like I'm like, you get like police camera it action. It's half a story. Yeah, well. Yeah, thir- 30 feet, she'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, how about she lived? Yay! Have you Wikipedia'd her? No. <laughs> no. no. Uh, uh, we'll look for a we tombstone. Go. What's that? I said, we'll look for a tombstone if it says died on the set of Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Anyway, there you go. There's trivia time. And there's the end of the season, everyone. Wow. We made it. Uh, looks like we made it. Um, lucky dip. Start getting your thinking caps on um, for what we're going to do. Um, I think we might take a little bit of a break. Um, we'll come up with an idea, a bit like the what ifs that you and I did, Joe, so that we have a bit of a, a break before we launch into the next one. So not too much. Um, I was thinking the idea that we had about, um, and we could all do this. So and it, and it doesn't take a lot of. Um, preparation i suppose we can all put bomb themes into a bag and pull them out and we can have matchups against each other or, or bond openings or something like that oh, shouldn't take cool. too long for you to watch how many 20 22 bond openings um, oh just the opening sequence of movies yeah the opening bond sequence movies. of bond films yeah all of them and rate them yeah absolutely all of them well you make it sound like it's a you know <laughs> You just have to. You could do five. I mean, like the George Lazenby ones. Yeah, you can't discount them. I mean, that's a good one too. It is. Spy and Love Me. You know, yeah, all all of that. 
So we'll come up with something. As you can see, we've got plenty of discussion to uh, to have about that. But Dom's doing Clue. Um, uh, what did I just say? I think I mentioned three that I was doing. Um, Airwolf. Oh, no, we'll do Airwolf. Airwolf's a dismal Street film. Hawk. I don't know. What was it? <laughs> street Hawk. What? What? There's a Street Hawk movie. <laughs> See you later, know. everyone. <laughs> Have I mixed up the words? <clears throat> don't know. Can we do Pink Amanda, Thunder again? I'm, I'm curious to hear your um, where your thoughts are on this. I like oh, I've, And me, because I have no idea. <laughs> no, there, isn't, there isn't one you've had in your back pocket that you've been keen to review and discuss? Some nope. cherished childhood film? or Cherished childhood film? She didn't watch no, anything in the 80s. I don't really do films. Yeah. That was the birth of the podcast. <laughs> films, so Charles was like. I introduced you to Iron Eagle, so you know there is that. How how much my life has been enriched? Uh, as, <laughs> as, as as everyone's. <laughs> and don't forget, you thought Howard the Duck was an above average film, so. Oh, only right. only because. <clears throat> what's the actor's name? Not the duck. Jeffrey <laughs> Jones. That's it. Ed, Ed, Ed Rooney. Okay. Joe, have you got anything in mind? I might bring back Cannonball Run 2 since I was forced to watch it. Oh, no. Well, do you know what? We can't What we can't do, we can't override people's choices and start saying that we don't do them. Oh. Right? We've got you, to do you, them. You do that all the time. I know, but we're not doing it for this one. <laughs> we're not doing it for this one. We'll, we'll, we'll have a, a, a genuine flip coin in the order that we go in. And that's the order that we go in, and we do three each. Cuts Charlie sitting there with his arms folded, <laughs> looking, looking annoyed. He's <laughs> like, <Those> Vito. Are... <laughs> right. Right. No says Mr. Axeman. Okay. Right. Well, who knows? It's going to be a lucky dip next season. It's going to be a lucky dip what you get in between the seasons because we've yet to work that out. But yeah, thank you for being this with the season. I've really enjoyed it. It's done the two. It's done the two films I really originally wanted to do. 2010 year we made contact. Jaws three and everything in between has been wonderful. Um, so I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so this is the sign off from me. I'll say uh, cheerio. So long, yeah. slackers. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh no, me! I was pointing at you, Amanda. Oh God, it's, it's like it's like well, I, see see you. I, I did say see you. See you. you first. Okay, see you. Is that it? <laughs> Underrated. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God, that's okay. such a build-up. Right, doodle pit. Okay, bye.